I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. Hey guys, it's Josiah, and before we dive into today's episode, I want to share an exciting update with our Young Adults Today fam. Here's the thing. Everything we do with Young Adults Today, whether it's a podcast, books, resources, conference, content, is centered around the heart of Christ and really three things. The first is building relationships that can last a lifetime. The second is creating resources that are useful. And the third is to create rallying points that are catalytic for leaders and ministries to reach the next generation as we make disciples. So we have a prayer and a goal to take everything we're doing to the next level. And that is an invitation to you to join our Patreon. Patreon allows you and us to partner together for the kingdom of God and the heart of Christ to grow young adults today. You can find out more and jump on board by visiting patreon.com slash today. Thanks so much, and here's for today's episode. What's up, guys? We hope that you are feeling alive right now, just like that intro song says. I'm Josiah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to the Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching the next generation of young adults in our world today. Joined in studio today by Micah. Mm -hmm. Hey, babe, how are you? I'm doing well. I got a coffee and water here. I'm dehydrating and hydrating. <laughs> it's good combo. It's a good combo. And um, by the way, if this is your first time tuning in, it's a joy to come into your earbuds, your car stereo, wherever you're at, your office space. Um, new episodes drop every Monday morning early. Right. So thanks for subscribing, rating, reviewing, and sharing this content. It helps us reach more leaders with the message of young adults today. And Micah, we are joined by a special guest who I know means a lot to you and means a lot to mm -hmm. us. And so will you bring her on? Yes. So Lindsay May, welcome to the show. How are you? Oh, I am so good. Thank you guys. What an honor to be here and to chat with the two of you. You are a power couple and a couple that I am so blessed to know personally, you have both been such an influence on my life and I am just cheering you both on and everything you're doing. It's so good to be here. Yeah, it's been so fun to get to know you. So if you don't know Lindsay May, somebody that somebody that you should get to know. Definitely. She's just been a friend to me, somebody who's been in the corner, and I've been able to help lift up her arms at times with some of the projects she's been working on behind the scenes. And God has just been doing some amazing things. No so kidding. we're gonna be talking and kicking some fun things off today. And we're talking all things creative. So cultivating creativity. So and if, if you've ever found yourself <laughs> daydreaming. This episode's for you. If you've got a God-sized dream in your heart, mm -hmm. we pray that this is going to fill your heart and your mind with new inspiration, fresh creativity, and faith. And that's something we want to talk about. Yeah. And We're, be willing to step onto yes. the ledge and God says, jump and go. Like you're ready to do it, even though how scary and how big it looks. And maybe you don't feel like you have the resources to do that, but we are here to inspire and encourage you as a listener that God's, he has an endless supply of love and joy and peace. We know that, but also he has an endless supply of 
crazy stories that he wants to fill us or fill our lives with money that he wants to provide the ministries with and people and resources that he wants to put in place and put in front of us. So it's good. Lindsay, we are thrilled to have you. She's the founder of truly co and the publisher of the truly magazine. And this has been an honor to be able to be a part of a little part of her story. I have been friends with her. I don't know, maybe like five, six years. I've probably known of you and who you are the last few years been able to come alongside we read a couple articles for her get the word out and just see what god has done through the truly magazine and truly co and just listening to her heart and her dreams of where god wants to take it has been such a joy so Lindsay, for the listener who does not know who you are doesn't know about truly magazine can you start off by sharing with our, our listeners today your story the journey of life and possibly just the leadership aspect and how that's all been woven together in your story Absolutely. So just to share a little bit about my life. Well, I am 38 years old. So if you are younger and you're living with a fear of, oh my gosh, am I missing out on like a big dream that God has for me? I'm here to tell you no matter what age that you are at, it is never too late. God is always right on time. So I just, if that's something that's on your mind, I want you to throw that out. But I kind of lived with that feeling growing up. I grew up in the church that I felt God, I feel like there's something that you have for me to do. I've always kind of felt led to do some kind of ministry work, but never felt a call to be a pastor or anything like that. And, you know, as as a kid growing up in the nineties, well, I was born in 83, so eighties and nineties, you didn't see a whole lot of women on stage or doing other sorts of things. My view of what ministry was, was fairly limited to be honest. And you know, things have transitioned quite a bit since then. Uh, thank God. And he has a plan for everybody, right? Man or woman, right. child right. and grown up, whatever. So, but I always felt this call to something within ministry, but I had no idea what that meant. Had no idea. I love the Lord. I was a church girl, um, but I kind of just went around my life. Like, God, I don't know what you have for me. Um, kind of quieter. I, I don't think anybody would have ever picked me out as she is going to lead something amazing someday. Like, I don't think people would have naturally thought about that about me. I kind of would say I was more focused, academic driven. I was a lifeguard. I just kind of did my thing, uh, kept my head down, never really stood out as a bold leader. I'm using air quotes, um, (laughs) what someone might perceive to be like a natural leader. Um, and God has designed everybody so differently, right? So leadership can look a lot different in different circumstances uh, and how God directs and orchestrates all that. But I went to college. I went to Bethel university, loved my time there. So blessed by my education. I did business route. And while I was there, I was uh, felt God nudging me a little bit more to just step out. You know, when you have those feelings stirring Mm -hmm. um, and like almost pokes from God of like, okay, something's coming and you don't really know. I've kind of just off and on through my life, just dealt with that. I've loved the Lord. I've loved to study his word again, ministry, but not really knowing what that looked like. So college, I was also a youth leader. That's how I met my husband. I am married and, uh, we have two kids, uh, ages seven and well, almost eight and almost five now, which is nuts. Absolutely nuts. But, um, youth leadership was amazing. It was so cool. Uh, We were, my husband and I were both youth leaders at a church. That's how we met. Um, And that's when I think I really got to pour into some of the high school girls that I was 
able to mentor and I learned a lot from them as well. And I think it was just so cool to see how God could work and inspire each of us through each other and the dynamics and in all of our lives and uh, what God might want to do. And that kind of spurred me on a little bit more. Loved it. I love uh, working with younger people, younger women, whatever. So um, college, I did business. I did, I got my uh, business marketing degree, minor in leadership studies, and then, you know, did the whole career thing, corporate. I, I went to the corporate world. I worked for a large health and wellness company um, for a while and did a whole bunch of different things. And actually right out of college, I had some other jobs and internship things that I didn't love. Uh, so if you're listening and you are in a position like that, and you're thinking how in the world am I ever going to care about converting these sales analysis numbers to something else or whatever that might look like in your world. I'm telling you, there is an order and a purpose to everything that we go through in our life, because looking back, even now it's some of the jobs that I had no idea why I was there was, it was kind of a stepping stone situation, not quite sure that it was going to be helpful for anything in the long run. I knew it wasn't going to be a permanent place for me. I'm looking back now and I can hundred percent say, wow, God, I see why you lined that up for me now, because I'm using some of those skills. Like I worked for a software engineer company right out of college. And I was working with companies that were deploying like engineering technology stuff on Boeing airplanes, things like that, that I had to do crazy things about. And, but in that process, I learned how to do podcasting way back wow. <laughs> guys get this. Are you ready? This is how old I am. 2007. <laughs> That's like right out of college. I mean, are some of these listeners in elementary school in 2007? <laughs> Probably. Could be. So Definitely could be. I just really aged myself there, but, um, I'm telling you, I had no idea back then this, what I'm doing now was not even close to being on my radar, not even close, but yet all the skills and the abilities that I learned from those roles that I didn't even think meant anything, uh, learning how to collaborate, learning how to work within different time zones, learning how to interact with different people and adapting different leadership styles and communication styles to be able to work effectively with others. Those skills have become so valuable and so useful in my life. And maybe that was just some unexpected ways of looking at how I've learned things. Lindsay, God wastes nothing. Isn't that encouraging? It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing, especially when you're kind of like sitting there thinking, oh, this is not fun. <laughs> well, and what you're talking about is both your story and your narrative, but it also connects with the listener of God might be preparing you mm -hmm. for a career path that doesn't even exist, a type of ministry that is so um, unimagined right now. And we believe that, and, and it might look like pioneering, Lindsay, like it does for you. And, and pioneering is kind of a non-traditional approach to a new path to break new ground for God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. And that's like your space. So I'm excited to talk mm -hmm. more about that with you and lean further into creativity. Mm -hmm. And I know what a blessing you've been to Micah and to us. And what I'm curious about is where your creativity and that passion for creating things comes from whether it's been photography, the other things that you mentioned mm -hmm. now, truly co you're definitely a creator. And a lot of those people listening, tuning in right now to this episode are created by God mm -hmm. to create. 
And they're going to be interested. We're going to be interested to hear your insight on this. Yeah. So I'll say this. I, I think my passion for exploring creativity started maybe from my birth. Well, actually, I will say this groundwork. We are created in the image of God. Yep. He is the ultimate creator. And therefore I firmly believe that that's wired into our DNA somehow. Mm -hmm. Some of us might embrace it and uh, have it come out in different ways and different forms. But I am a firm believer that we are all wired to be creative. Maybe that's problem solving. Maybe that's uh, fine art ways or seeing things differently, but we are all created to create things, to cultivate things, to bring life forth in various forms. But, but I'll say this, my grandma was a very, very, very special woman. She was an oil painter and she did China painting. And so as a little tiny kid, I grew up going to grandma's house, getting art lessons. And I will never forget that. And we, she'd set up a little canvas for us and, you know, our whole little brushes. And we would sit there and we'd get painting lessons. And it, I remember being so afraid to put like really dark splotches on this beautiful canvas. Cause I was going to ruin it somehow. I also struggle with perfectionism. So I'm just going to put that out there. I'm an achiever perfectionist, kind of an Enneagram three. I, I don't like love to embrace labels necessarily, but it's an accurate description of me. So I, I was always drawn to that. And I so admired my grandma for just her willingness to invest the time to create something beautiful and how it spoke to her and how she used her art to be able to bless others and to teach others and to spend time and invest wow. into others through that. So grandma Florence was a huge influence in my life that way. But, um, in my life, creativity has also come out in many different ways. I love to dream. I'm a dreamer. I love as a kid, I would, you guys, I'm such a dork this. Okay. I'm about to tell you this. So insider scoop. When I was a kid, I would find cool looking rocks and try and sell them to people walking by my house. I don't, <laughs> it was kind of a discouraging endeavor. I'm not going to lie, but, um, I think I've always been wired to want to do something like business wise in that regard, but photography has been a big thing for me in life. You mentioned photography. I did wedding photography for several years. I had a beautiful studio for a while, uh, close to my home. And I just love being able to visually communicate. Wow. There is something very powerful of when we can engage our senses, mm -hmm. um, and create experiences for people to enjoy. And for me in that season of my life, photography was a way to do that because I got to use my um, all aspects of my life, I think to encourage others, to help them feel beautiful and confident in front of the camera, uh, and to just create a positive experience for them. Because we all know sometimes getting your photo taken can be, can feel a little uncomfortable, right? Like, yeah. Right. That's just how it is. So, uh, photography was, a, was a hobby for a long time. And then one day, uh, I, I got my master's, I was in a master's program through Bethel as well, doing strategic leadership. And I'll never forget in one of my courses, the instructor asked us, okay, so if there was one thing that you could do that there was no obstacle in your way, like take money out, for example, like that's not an issue. You had all the resources to do whatever you would want to do. Like, what do you feel compelled to do? And I sat there and I thought about it and I was like, Hmm you know, I think I would turn my love for photography into a career. And that was the nudge that I needed to move from a hobby 
to something that I thought that I might want to try and build and just see what would happen? That's a great question. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. What was the question that he asked you again, your professor? Yeah. The, que- the question was, if you could do anything, you know, take a back, just throw out of your mind, any limitations that you can think of, of all the reasons why we don't step forward and to do something. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can all come up with reasons for things or things that we would love to do that just drive us that we do just anyways. But if we could do that for our, our career, what would it be? Mm-hmm. That's good. And so at, in that time in my life, that answer was photography because I loved creating. I loved the visuals. I loved interacting and working with people. And I actually love editing photos too. There's something really cool about just tweaking things just right to make people just look their absolute best. And so that was the launching point for me. I did it. And I turned my hobby into an LLC and I began to look for opportunities to grow my skills, uh, invest in myself, learn from others, invest in my gear. And it kind of led from one thing to another. And I had this great little photography career for a while that, um, once I started having kids, I ended up leaving my corporate job because we all know life changes things that, you know, right. as we go on different seasons and paths, our time changes, our interests even change and what God is doing within us and how things can look outwardly, it shifts as well. And so for me, that was another, uh, photography was a really great way, uh, that led to some transitions in my career and in my creative journey. So Yeah. So after my daughter was born, I decided, okay, well, I've got my master's degree in strategic leadership. Why don't I quit my corporate job? Because, you know, that makes sense, right? Yeah. (laughs) No. So I did, though. I turned, I just decided, you know, I'm going to pursue photography because I wanted what I perceived to be flexibility and more control over how I could um, navigate my schedule and be with my family. And Mm -hmm. in that season, that was great. It was great. And so I, I did that. I pursued it. Um, and then how that led up to, you know, you're probably wondering, well, how does that connect to truly, what are you doing now? There were some pivots that happened in my life. You guys, like I mentioned, sometimes God brings about changes that we can't see, or he knows about what's coming when we can't foresee it. Yeah. Um, and I had this gorgeous photography studio that I was working out of by my house. It had like beautiful 20 foot ceilings, just gorgeous natural light. If any of you are listening and you're into photography, you know, like light is yummy. Even on the days that are cloudy and overcast, it was just this wonderful spot. I was there. Um, we were working on a project and at Cedar Valley and you let us use that to shoot one of the young adult stories. So I was there. I remember it was, I think it was an Easter Sunday story. If I remember right, but it was amazing studio. I I remember that now that you say that, and I loved to use that space for ministry stuff. You know, like I think that the tools and the gifts that God gives us can and should be used to bless others as well. And so, you know, we're called to be good stewards of our time, talent, treasure, and our abilities. And that's one way that I would love to help, you know, and serve in that way is by leveraging my spaces to help tell those stories with people. And so, um, one day though, in that beautiful studio, we got a, no- I got a notice from my landlord saying, oh, we sold the building. You have to move all of your stuff out oh <laughs> in three days. And to me, it felt like a punch in the gut, to be totally honest. Like what? This is unexpected. This is throwing a wrench in my life plans because I had whole dreams of where I was going to take that. 
Um, but in that process, in that, what felt like ripping away of opportunity, that was a catalyst to what God began to do to shape the direction of my dreams and to plant new little seeds. When I began to recognize the doors that were closing that I just could not force open. Like I tried looking for a new studio space. I pushed and I tried to achieve as much as I could on my own strength to try and make my vision happen of what I thought that I wanted to do. And nothing was opening. It was so, it was a very dark, like discouraging time in my life. Cause I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Um, but that is exactly when I feel like God began to open my eyes to see something that I didn't see before. And it, I saw opportunity is the word that I would use. And, um, it was in this time that God began to remind me of the burden for ministry that he had placed on my heart and to step out. Um, I had mentioned earlier on that. I don't think anybody would necessarily look back on my life at a young, at a young age and be like, Oh, she's going to be doing awesome things someday. I kind of preferred to not stand out in some ways. Um, where I did really worry about, well, what if people ridicule me? Like, what if they look at me and think, oh, who does she think she is for trying something or, you know, thinking she could do that? There's a million other people that are more qualified than I am, right? Like, I think we all battle those thoughts from time to time, but I really struggled with those for, for quite a while. Um, but God began to stir in my heart and it began uh, to get to the point where I realized wow, if I don't act on some of these things, I feel like I'm being disobedient. Yeah, It was just, right. that's such a strong feeling. And to some people, it might not be like a huge deal, but to me, it was stepping out and wanting to lead a little ministry within my, that I had been using my studio space for. I was hosting like a Bible study group, Propel, for Propel Women with Christine Kane. Um, and that's what I had started, but that had just emphasized that desire again, to want to, uh, just be surrounded by other women, pour into each other, mentorship, raise one another up, speak life and encouragement and speak truth, biblical truth, gospel truth, and to encourage one another that way. Um, and so God kept reminding me of this and what the vision that I had been doing, and I think I just shifted it into a different format because I also began to see in the lives of the people around me, gifts that God had wired others with. Um, and so I, I began to think, you know, and hear stories from other women and be like, wow, she's a, she's a great writer, man. If only she like, where could she use her skills? You know, things like that. And to me, ministry looked like standing on a stage, holding a microphone. And I think that is a mindset that a lot of people might have of totally. what oh, for ministry, sure. like the glorified version of what ministry looks like. But in reality, I think it's more in the day-to-day -day stuff um, or not, but, but part of it. So, but God began to just point people out to me. And if this is how I'm telling my story, God probably would have a different version. <laughs> Someday we'll hear it. Um, but recognizing the giftings in other people and seeing like a big picture come together. Wow. What would it be like to have a platform where all these women could use their gifts and abilities to create something bigger than what we could just do on our own. And then that tiny little thing, God began to show me what that could be. And it was this little magazine that started out in this tiny little form. I got blessing from the women's director at my church to just try it. <laughs> I wrestled and I wrestled and I wrestled with it. And I was like, okay, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do, but I'm terrified. What if I fail? 
What if I can't raise the money to cover printing costs? What if, what if, what if, what if people, what if it's just a total flop and a total failure and it doesn't turn out what I think it should be like in my head. Right. And I laid awake at night thinking about this and it was so hard because I was losing sleep, (laughs) but also, I also knew that anytime I had that strong of a desire or something impressed upon me, I knew I couldn't shake it. And I, in my life, I have recognized that as that God wasn't letting me go with it either until I would take a step forward. So that's, so that's what I did. Yeah. Took a tiny little step forward and created something, uh, a little magazine that I got to partner with other women at the, in that season was women from the church that I attended at the time. And, uh, we produced a little issue that we gave to women as a little giveaway for a Christmas gift. But after we did that, it was like something came alive in my heart where God whispered, this is what you're called to do. Mm-hmm. You need to wow. do this. And it's not supposed to be inside the walls of a church. It's meant to be something that is outside of a church that you can link arms with women across the state, maybe even across the globe and be the body of Christ, embrace your sisters and go forward together in unity, you know, link arms and combine your gifts and talents. And so it was so scary. <laughs> Lindsay, I think that's just a great that. example because I just took some notes of just things that were going on in my head and heart while you were sharing your story. I think these are kind of just for the listener and just things that you were willing to do is one, take risk take risks of stepping out of the corporate job, transition, life stages, ages and stages, but you know, they're always changing and evolving. And sometimes we're, we're planted a dream in our heart, whether we're young and it happens or happens later in life. And I think that's just an opportunity to continue learning, to continually um, build our character through the, through the lens of Christ, or maybe it's going back to school, or maybe it's taking that leap of faith and really stepping out and being like, okay, God, I'm going to remove all the ifs, ands, and buts, and you're going to be the center of it all. And when those obstacle comes, um, I just think that when those new seeds hit the ground, we have an opportunity for those dreams. Are we going to water yeah. them? Are we going to squander them? Or are we just going to forget about them? And I just want to encourage a listener today. Like if God's put something in your heart that looks impossible or something's been stripped of you that, you know, was never supposed to happen the way that it did. Um, there's a, there's a reason for it. And to take that, that energy, take that frustration, take that, dream, desire, that passion, whatever it is, and just constantly hand it over back to God and see what he does with it. Cause sometimes there could be a healing process. I remember coming alongside you, Lindsay, and you're like, the studio is going through this. I don't have a space. Would you pray that I find something? And I remember like calling and texting, like, how's it going? How's it going? And like, this is discouraging. I'm not finding anything. And during that time, you could have had, you could have had a heart of two ways. One, you could have said, okay, Lord, Um, Since you're not going to do anything, I'm going to remain frustrated and bitter and angry with this, the space that I do not have, or God, you can tame this dream in my heart, create something new, take a different route, and we can pioneer something beautiful together. And I think so many times people get stuck in that crossroads and they, they don't know what to do. So they do nothing at all. So they just kind of sit idle versus allow God to walk through the, the healing process, the forgiveness process, the moving forward process and putting it in drive versus sitting in neutral and just, you know, wondering why God, why, okay, Lord, now what? And 
I just loved your heart, Lindsay, because you've been one woman, I think that demonstrates a woman's heart in ministry well, and that is you creating opportunities for women to use their gifts, their times, their talents, their treasures in such a unique way that they can give back to God's kingdom while you know, coming alongside the vision that you have for your magazine and truly co. And it's just been a fun outlet for me. Um, obviously I, I haven't been able to put as much time and effort as I would want to into it with you just because of the stage that we're in, but I know that I have contributed and it's been so fun to see what God has done, like from how he covers the shipping costs, how they're going to get to your front door into the hands of these women at an event or, you know, whatever or wherever that is. And just the uniqueness of, what you do. I believe that God truly is going to continue to grow, continue to um, expand your territory in that sense. And even for the listener, if God's wanting to prune you or to water you or to weed things out, we know that there's going to be obstacles. There's going to be opposition. But the thing is, Lindsay, that you touched just before I chimed in was the fact that this kept you up at night. Maybe it was like, holy cow, how are we going to do this initially? But then there was the passion of like, I have to do this, not how are we going to, when are we going to, and what do I need to get there? And so many times I think people lay in bed at night um, thinking about what could be versus what God already has and what he wants them to do with it to take that next step. And one question that I want to land on with you right away is, I know, like you've said, podcasting, you've probably done websites, magazines, rallying the troops, casting the vision, um, sharing your dreams and passions with all these other women of like, how do we get to where we need to be? And sometimes people don't count the cost or they don't realize what's in it until they're in it. And they're like, true. oh my gosh, what do I do? Who do I turn to? So I would just ask you, what did you over? estimate and what did you underestimate whether it's the launching of the magazine a personal thing or just the process maybe what did you over under over and underestimate wow that's a really good question and probably super involved and so i'll just say what's coming to my mind one of the things that i overestimated was what i thought i needed to be to be able to start. And maybe that's a little bit more of an ambiguous statement uh, or something that feels a little more meta- metaphysical, but um, in thinking of this dream, I kept thinking, oh, but I'm not this, I'm not this. I don't have background in publishing. I have a background in communications and business, but I don't think that I'm this amazing writer who's going to put out the next novel. So I kept thinking, one of the things that kept me up that I was wrestling through was God, you're going to have to equip me because I don't know. I think I'm naive enough to know or to not know what I'm getting myself into. Right. And so I kept analyzing and thinking, I don't know what I, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to try. I'm just going to put one foot in front of the other and take one day at a time. My favorite phrase that I took from some of my corporate experience, uh, from the CEO was think big, start small, act fast. And that is a principle that I have adapted into my life as an entrepreneur, because here's the deal. We can dream and dream and dream and ask God, reveal this plan. Tell me what I need to do. But if you don't take a step of faith, let me tell you, you're not always, you're not going to have a plan. You're not going to have like the exact roadmap that you think God should lay out for you. Maybe. I mean, if you are, I want to talk to you. Uh, That would be amazing. But I have found that a lot of dreaming is an act of faith when you have to put steps behind it. You have to take action. Otherwise it's just going to stay a dream, right? 
So I overestimated like what I thought I needed to be. Like, I thought I had to like go to publishing school, even if that's a thing or something like that. And, um, you know, like do all this massive research before, but it honestly, it just got to this point where it, it was like, I'm in, I'm walking in disobedience. If I don't just take a step, I don't feel qualified, but I know God is, and he's going to meet the needs. And so when we take a step out of our natural abilities, that makes space for God to step in and fill with his supernatural abilities. And I think that's why God loves to use us ordinary people, because then he gets to show off his glory through, through all of that and show us and grow us and stretch our faith um, in that. But what did I underestimate? I think sometimes when you step out and you use the term pioneer earlier, it can feel very lonely. It can feel, um, heavy at times, especially as some, we're a very, very tiny team, tiny little team. And okay. Just full disclosure. We're not some massive organization. I get emails from people being like, it's my dream to work for an organization like you. And I'm like, Ah, okay. Thank you. That's a compliment, (laughs) but, um, I'm investing into this still. And I wear all the hats. I do the shipping. I do our, when our website crashes, whose shoulders does it fall on mine? Right. I handle all the logistics. I handle, um, any of the problems that come up, it falls on me, you know? And so it's constantly having to go back and rely on God for the strength and saying, God, I know that you called me to do this. Help me help me. I'm not meant to carry all this heaviness on my own. Help me. And I have an awesome team. Trust me. I've got an awesome team of really amazing editors, amazing art director, photographers, creatives who help bring this to life. Right. So it's not just me, but when you're the one driving it forward, when you're the leader responsible for it, I feel the heaviness of the call that this is and the responsibility of wanting to steward this well. And so how, how, how I have adapted to that is legit every day. This is, you can see this video. This is my office. I sit here at my desk and I symbolically hold my hands open and I say, God, this is my offering to you. Help me. This is yours. Whatever you want to take with it. Like my hands are open, Lord, you steal it. Because the last thing I want to do is clench it so tight with tight fists that I start clinging to what I want instead of what God has, you know? And we do our best to just present ourselves to God and honor him with our giftings and abilities and, and let him carry it forward. But I think another thing that I underestimated was how God would expand the dream Yeah, because what started out is so different than how it is even now, like a year and a half later, uh, and how the reach that we've had already, um, we've had international sales. We don't have a ton, but you know, just to think about all the people that we get to partner with and really understand how big the body of Christ is. Mm -hmm. Um, but in that sense of, Oh, you're across the globe, but you're attending a meeting because you want to write, like you're attending, like there's this one wonderful woman in South Korea who has attended so many of our calls because she has been interested in what we're doing, has similar passions, loves creativity, wow. wants to write, use her skills. And she actually has an article coming out in our spring issue that we're planning for it. right now. But it's so cool how God, it feels like a big hug of when we get to meet these amazing family members, really, right? We're all part of the family of Christ as believers and wanting to honor God with that. So it's so cool to see, like never in my wildest dreams would 
22 year old, fresh out of college, Lindsay think that this is what I would be getting to do someday to, um, yeah, I didn't even know I had these passions, right? Like the dreams that we have when we're little, I think, I think they mean something, but I don't know that they're the end all be all. I think they help us point and understand how God has wired us, mm-hmm. um, in the point us in the direction that God might be, it's, it feels like a treasure hunt to it uncover does. it, it and to discover that <laughs> as we grow. Yeah. Honestly, I, I can relate to so many of the things that you said, because I think that God's also placed the apostle gift in us to build and break new ground for his kingdom or to be pioneers to kind of travel where other people haven't. And whether that's on the college campus, whether that's with young adult ministry, and there's a blessing and a burden with that. And, and we have to acknowledge both. It's kind of like the blessing is that you get to call out the gifts in others and empower them. And you're doing such an incredible job with that. Mm-hmm. Lindsay. And there's also the burden of that. And the blessing is when your head hits the pillow, you're tired, you're maybe a little exhausted and you're, you're fulfilled. The burden is other people aren't thinking about this at the hour that you are, <laughs> Louis Giglio Absolutely. calls it the pillow of leadership. You know, other people can quit or, or sign off move or, on. or yeah. move on to whatever is next. And in the, the burden of that is the pillow of leadership. And I love that he, he talks about it. It kind of, there's a weight to it when God's called us. And then, but the beauty is we don't carry that weight alone. The Holy spirit mm-hmm. comes alongside, but it does involve risk on right. our part, steps of faith and being a dreamer. I remember this moment, um, having a journal open, sipping a good cup of coffee. It was at five watt coffee in South Minneapolis. And I remember praying about my future, praying about our future (laughs) and just wrestling, sensing the call of God on our life and just wrestling with what that might look like. And I know for me, I felt like, well, there's already crew. There's already intervarsity. There's already Chi Alpha. There's, there's ministries like Pulse taking mm-hmm. the gospel into campuses globally. There's things like Steiger that really focus internationally right. on the global youth culture. There's passion conferences. I mentioned Pastor Louie and Shelly yeah. Giglio. And, and I was listing all these ways that the kingdom of God is moving. And and then I felt like the Holy Spirit whispered, mm-hmm. there's room for more. There's room right. for more. And, and I felt like a fear. Well, there's already, I remember being called a ministry too. And I was like, well, God, you, you, you already got Brent Silkey and you've <laughs> already got Micah Mack. Couldn't you use me for <laughs> something else? And then I look at Micah Mack's gifts and Brent's, and then there's room for my gifts. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. You know, and and so I look at that, there's room for more, but I think as Mm -hmm. a creative, at least where my headspace goes is the world can feel saturated. It can feel this false sense. Like I'm behind because other people have already launched successful ministries that have been going on for months, years, weeks, or decades. And so Lindsay, I would specifically ask, how do you hone a craft, whether it is videography for the glory of God or photography Mm -hmm. or publishing or magazine, maybe it's writing, maybe it's podcasting. It can feel like the myth is that there's not it's room. <laughs> overcrowded. It's saturated. People even say, oh, the podcasting market, it's saturated. And the reality is there's room for more. So how do we go about honing the craft in a world that feels saturated? Mm, very great question. And I think one that a lot of us wrestle with. So I'm so glad that you asked. I don't have the 
final answer. And so I speak to this very humbly, right? Because I battle this too, at times, just to be very upfront. I've had people ask me, why do you think you're any different? (laughs) You know, what makes you think that you can do this when there's already this out there? Why would you try this? And my answer is, I know the person, I know God has called me to do this. And so ultimately, what does it come down to our motives? I think I know that God has asked me to do this. And so I'm going to choose to follow his word and rely on that for my reassurance than what other humans might come at me saying, because in God's kingdom, there is no limited, there's no limits. God's kingdom is multiplying. There is space for everybody. And you know what, if you're listening and you're like, I don't think I'm that unique. Let me tell you, if God created you, he has a unique plan for you. He's giving you a voice, a story, unique fingerprints. He's got a call on your life for something very unique and specific that he meant just for you. I can't be Micah. Micah, you can't be me. Jose, I certainly can't be you. You know, like we all are planted in our specific areas and have a sphere of influence that God has orchestrated. Whether we can see how he has woven things into our lives or not, there are people that we are called to reach and we can't, not one person can reach everybody. So if you're struggling with this, I would say, who are you listening to? Who are you serving? Who are you looking to honor your time, talents, and treasure with, right? Is it to, um, like nudge your way in and being like, no, this is my space. Or can we go about it and say, God, you are the one who's entrusted me with these abilities. This is my offering to you. How can I encourage the ones around me? How can we go together? How can we advance the kingdom together? I see that this magazine over here, they're doing amazing things and I cheer them on Lord. I bless them. And this, this group of people over here, they're doing this awesome thing, man, they're doing such great work. How can I bless them? How can I encourage them? Let's be encouragers instead of looking at one another as competition and like trying to grab our piece of the pie, so to speak, let's pray for each other. So if you're listening and you're like, man, I do kind of struggle with jealousy at times, or I let those insecure thoughts come in of thinking, um, you know, those lies from the enemy that's saying, who do you think you are that you can do this? Why do you think that you could try this? Let's turn those into purposeful prayer. Let's use that as an opportunity to speak life over others, even if they don't know that we're doing that, but let's, let's be blessers of people and blessers of that initiative. Because I fully believe with all of my heart, we are not in competition with one another. There are no limitations, like I said, in God's kingdom, and we can go farther when we go together. We can. So if we just link arms and whatever that looks like, you know, and just choose to have that posture of encouragement um, instead of criticism and condemnation. Of course, we all have room to grow. We can always be learning and honing our craft and choosing to invest in those skills to be better. And I think we should, I think we should sharpen each other, but let's not be critics of each other. That's good. Let's cheer instead of compete is, mm-hmm. is, is personally how I have tackled that in my own life. And right. Uh, just blessing and prayer and wanting to make sure that I'm steward- stewarding myself too. You know, like we don't want to be dull. We don't want to be dull blades. Is that even a thing to say? But yeah. we sharpen each other. Iron right. sharpens iron. Right. And I think that just reminds me of the fact that we all, we all fall short of the glory of God. Number one, we're all imperfect human beings, but we can come with a sacrifice offering something back to the Lord. And I'm kind of just doing a Priscilla Shire, um, study right now, the book of Elijah. And she's just talking about like, Hey, if you want God's, you know, 
favor to rain on you. You bring the sacrifice and he'll bring the fire. Like that's your Amen. job you to show up and bring that sacrifice. And if it is truly of God, he will bring the fire and, and watch what he does. And I think sometimes as humans, we get stuck in this competition and we get, uh, we get stuck in this, um, competitive mindset or constantly comparing ourselves to one another. Like you had mentioned, like, well, I'm not that magazine. They're doing this. They're doing that. Well, we're not called to be other things. Yep. If you're called to be unique and you are an individual designed by God, then we need to like just stop trying to be someone else when God has created you to be who he's created you to be. And um, I think everybody can be guilty of that at some point of life and kind of look over at somebody else's lane of life and what they're doing and how they're living. When God's asked you to like put the blinders on, get in the lane that I've called you to and just pioneer, just do what I've called you to do and see what I do through you. And so many times I think, I think women are maybe more evident in this, at least through behaviors. I've seen this more in women than in men, men naturally have a competition or like they're naturally, you know, competing or the alpha male kind of comes out in leadership and stuff like that. But I think females try to run each other off the road. And I don't want to be a leader that's so busy looking at somebody else that I lose track. And I'm like hitting the rumble strips on the side of the road because I'm being thrown off the trail that God has me on because a lie has creeped in or I'm playing bumper cars with somebody else because I'm trying to get into their space when I'm not called to get into their space. And Lindsay, I think you've done such a great job of casting vision, empowering women, giving them direction while giving them a creative um, space to do that saying, Hey, here's my vision for the magazine. Here's my dream. My passion This is what God's downloaded to me, but here's the white canvas that we all get to draw on. Like we all get to create this mural together. I can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. But when we collaborate and we come together, let's see what God does. And how have you been able to like, what the topic today is like cultivated um, creativity. Like you have been one to be able to do that. How have you cultivated creativity within the context of the team that you empower as the writers, photographers, and desires within the truly community? What has that looked like for you specifically? Hmm, that's a great question. So, and I actually love to study creativity. It's something that I think is fascinating because it also feels kind of ambiguous. And what does this mean? And one of the things that I have learned is that to feel most free to be creative, you have to have parameters mm-hmm. and boundaries in place. And so just for example, just to give you a little bit of an insight into how, how do we even plan for an issue? Like what is a behind the scenes peak little look like we come up with guides And I think that kind of serves as our boundaries. So for every issue, I do a really deep study into our themes, into the topics that we do. And I research it and I look at what does scripture say? What does God say about this topic? What is God doing in his people, you know, through this lens? How does this relate to ourselves, you know, our relationship with others and like Mm -hmm. between us and the Lord, what does that look like? And so thinking about the team uh, that helps put this on writers, photographers, I present that. That's what we do. We share, we do our research and we say, okay, I mean, this could go a million different ways, but we kind of set some parameters, you know, and that is the safe space. People want to know, okay, well, how far can I go? How can, how can I do this? And then you give them the freedom to release within that and to dream within that context and see what they come up with that. It's interesting how boundaries almost bring protection in that way, you know, um, and that freedom to, to fully open up and, and to move forward with that. But, um, prayer (laughs) is another huge aspect of that and relying on the Holy spirit. Um, for my director team specifically, 
I pray for them a lot. They carry a lot and they lead a lot. And all of us are volunteers. We are all volunteers just to be fully up front. And, um, it is, I believe everything we're doing is just being directed by God and by the Holy spirit. And it's amazing how God has even lined up the right team, the right person in the exact right season, because we have had seasons of transition, key people on our team where all of a sudden it's like, Oh, they had a major life change and they have to step back. And I freak out a little because I'm like, okay, God, what are you going to do here? (laughs) (laughs) And no joke. I pray I get on my knees and three times now God has literally delivered the person almost, it feels like right into my lap at just the right time and choosing to trust God and release people to him and trust that the Holy spirit is working in all of their lives too, to bring everything together at just the right time for just the right season. If you're in a delay, if you feel like you're listening and you're in a season of what feels like delay in your life, just know that God is always working behind the scenes, even when you can't see. And if you're like, God, you got to come through for me here because I am feeling backed up against the wall. I have no idea how you're going to come through. Wait for God, watch for God. You do your part, but it's amazing to see how God has just, he's proven his faithfulness over and over when I felt like things were impossible and it's truly having to rely on God to carry things forward. And it's, it's been amazing, hard, scary sometimes to be totally honest, but amazing. And it's like, building those altars of remembrance to reflect back on and choose to remember, God, you've done this in the past. I know you're not going to drop me now. I'm doing my best to honor you and worship you with these gifts. It's an offering to you, Lord. So you bring the fire. Like you said, Priscilla Shire, I love that study, Elijah. It's so good. Yeah. And, you know, you said something where God's always working behind the scenes. One of our favorite quotes, I think is from John Piper. And he says, we might be aware at any given time of three things that God's doing in our lives when God is doing at least 10,000 things behind (laughs) the scenes. And I love that. And with it too, I remember hearing, um, maybe either in his audiobook or a sermon, but Brian Houston founded Hillsong church, Australia. And for like a long time, Darlene Check was like the go-to gal for worship leading. And then her and her husband planted this other church and God like had them at Hillsong for a season and then had a new season for them. And I guess Brian Houston goes, oh my gosh, what are we ever going to do? She was like the greatest worship leader of all time. And now she's feeling the sense to be a pastor and plant a church with her husband. And then like the next week, when Brian Houston was like, definitely bless her, send her. And he was also like defeated or depleted or discouraged. There's this gal named Taya mm-hmm. who shows up on her longboard to audition <laughs> um, for a song called Oceans. Oceans. Yes. And then that sent Hillsong into a new stratosphere that they had never experienced globally. And, you know, we do, Lindsay, you did such a great job talking to the listener there about, we might be in a season of delay. Mm -hmm. We might feel like God's put the parameters on us, but they are for our blessing. They are for his glory. And Mm -hmm. one of our favorite things to do when we bring a guest on the podcast, Lindsay, is to just dive a little bit deeper for five final thoughts in five minutes, a little bit rapid fire. And, uh, you up for that, that challenge? Sure. Sure. Yes, 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 I am. Okay. Well, I'll kick it off, kick it off with this question. Why do you believe young adult ministry is so important? Ooh, I love this one. Okay. I, 
Well, it's important because I believe that God has called us to disciple one another and to be in community with one another of the believers to encourage one another, lift each other up, edify all of that. And as someone who is now 38 years old, I'm not, I'm not a young, I'm just an adult. I I don't, I'm not in that young adult category anymore. And so I feel like recently I have had a mindset shift of this is my charge. I, I am now that older woman to some of these people, you know, that Titus talks about. And I, this year I've had some very important people in my life pass away and, you know, go to be with Jesus. Kathy Strandquist was one of those for me. And she poured into my life for a decade. She prayed into, prayed into my life. And I have no doubt that the things that she spoken to me has have helped me absolutely have the courage and the faith and the strength and um, grown my, the strength of my faith to be able to handle the things that God has called me to steward and to lead these days. And so I want to be that for other people. I want to be that. I want to be like a Kathy was to me. And I want to empower those, especially coming up under me, because we can also learn from each other. Right. I can tell you right now, there are young women who are older in a wise spiritual sense than your actual physical age. And I want to cheer you on. Like you are not confined to conform to the behaviors of your, like your age norm, if that makes sense. You know, like we, we, just as we age physically, our spirits are so depth to have such a depth and, um, let's minister to one another. Let's be in community with one another and learn from each other. I just, I love intergenerational relationships and it's, Clearly, I'm very passionate about that. That's so good. Okay, question number two, Lindsay. Who or what inspires you to do what you do? Oh, man, I don't. Okay. Well, you already touched I, your yeah, <laughs> I've had mentors in my life. Um, you know, I mentioned my professor. I've mentioned my grandma. I reflect on her life a lot, uh, thinking about all the ways that she blessed others using the gifts and talents she had. And I want to steward mine the same, you know, even though our giftings might look a little bit differently now, but I just don't want to live my life in a way that would make me question when, when I get to the end stage of my life, whenever, however that looks, I don't want to look back and wonder what if, right. What, what would have happened if I would have just stepped out of my comfort zone and my fear like, honestly, that's a question that I reflect on a lot. You know, if I'm coming up with like a pivotal point or something or a decision to make, how can I be bold? How can I choose to lean in to let the Holy Spirit work and move on my behalf, even if I don't know that I have the solid steps or what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to live a life of faith, to be honest. Like, I just, I don't want to miss out on what God has for me. That's good. That is amazing, Lindsay. Inspiring for sure. Yeah. Curveball for you, which is also a curveball for us because we don't know. We go in blind for a second. Uh, (laughs) If you could ask us anything, any question, what would, what would it be today? Ooh, well, okay. What would you say? Oh gosh. Okay. They can be two different ones too. If you have one for him and one for me that people have done that as well. So what are you seeing the younger generation, the young adult generation needing from my generation. I'm technically on the borderline millennial like X, but yeah, I would say a couple of things. And we see this over and over and over. I would say number one, authenticity. They don't want the fluff of life. They want the reality and they want it straightforward. Um, they, they want you to hold nothing back when it comes to truth, when it comes to God, when it comes to 
failures, setbacks, whatever. I would also say consistency. They may not use that word of consistency, but to know that you are who you say you are and who you are on the street is who you are in church and who you are in the grocery store. Like, and that's a form of authenticity as well. But I think it coincides with consistency of on a Tuesday night, I know that you're going to be at this women's study on Sunday morning. I know that you're going to be there on the special events. I know that you're going to invite me into your house and there there's some form of consistency that we can provide. So those are my two, Josiah, do you have any more? There's a couple more, but yeah, oh, I'm, I'm man, there's dozens and probably hundreds of things right. they need, but the number one thing that I would say in agreement with what Michael was saying, the research is pointing to having at least one older adult that believes in you. Mm-hmm. And you think about maybe it is a teacher, maybe it is a professor, a pastor, a youth leader, um, but let's be those people who believe in the next generation. And you already talked yes. about it, Lindsay, like to right. encourage them. And what's tragic, Barna has a study on this where um, it's like two thirds of currently young adults, which is mostly now Gen Z, they don't believe that there's a caring adult in their life. Mm-hmm. They don't have that person that they could call at midnight or 3am or text. Um, and that's, that's heartbreaking. And then the, the flip side of that is that's our call as leaders. What an opportunity for, for us to, to lead in ministry. So Lindsay, back to you. Oh, wow. That was a quick turnover. Okay. Question number four, would you be willing to tell us an embarrassing moment or maybe like an epic failure that you've experienced in leadership or just in life in general? We love to lean into this because we love to learn from each other. So if we can learn something from you, maybe where you've fallen short, what advice or what do you want to share this, today? This is like the take back question. If you could, if you could have it back. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Oh, I'm thinking a take back moment. You know what? Over the years, I have learned a lot about my, how to not be so reactive to situations. And I I don't know that I can pinpoint one example that would be like appropriate to share, but, um, I, if you're a creative, I, I have learned that creatives might tend to be a little bit wired to be a little more emotional at times Sure. and, um, or feel heavy feels and maybe to wear things on our sleeves, like just emotionally, I would say that that is something true of me, um, that, and so there have been times in my life where I have taken things way too personally mm-hmm. <laughs> and then burned bridges, you know, uh, in some places I, again, I can't, I can't really think of a very specific, like word for word example, but I know that I have, um, I have wasted a lot of emotional energy. And I think some of this maybe just comes with years of experience and just having lived through it and learning and and stuff like that. But, you know, as adults, we still deal with stuff, you know, like I remember thinking, oh, as a high school, I can't wait till I'm an adult. So then there's no more like girl drama, none of this stuff. Right. And I'm telling you right now there, it doesn't necessarily go away. I'm so sorry. (laughs) but how we handle those things can change, you know, and how do we deal with criticism? Like there have been times where people have spoken things to my face and I have that were incredibly hurtful and disappointing and confusing. And I don't know that I always uh, handled it appropriately because it was so wounding and so, and so hard, but I have had to learn to not internalize that and to, um, 
slow my response. So that's what I would say. Slow the response, take a deep breath. I don't, I'm trying to think of like an embarrassing, like moment situation with that. I don't, I'm so sorry. I can't like, I would just say slow the reaction time, girl. (laughs) Ask a bonus question. Yeah. yeah. Such wisdom in that. I have a bonus question. There's, this is only 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. This is 4.5. Lindsay, for the creative listening or maybe for the pastor who is listening, who does have a team of creatives or wanting to find mm. somebody in that realm. Here's my question for you. And it's how does, a, how do you, maybe, I don't know if you can teach this, but you as a creative, creative, how do you not covet your creativity when others can easily rip it off so quickly? And I say this to say like, photography, I can screenshot it on my thing, throw a quote on it and boom, it becomes my own. I mean, yes and no. So how do we as creatives or the creative listening or the pastor trying to lead a team and understand, yes, they may be wearing their sleeve, their heart on their sleeve. They may be very uh, protective of their work and they want it. You want to make it your own because a piece of who you are and how God has wired you to see something. How have you learned not to covet the creative aspect of that. Does that make any sense? Mm, yeah. So you're saying like from a leader perspective, like working with the team, how do you work with the people yes. creatives on your team in that regard? Yeah. Um, well, I'd say give them space. Listening is a really good skill listening and, uh, leaning into your people. And they, I think a lot of creatives want to feel heard beyond anything. They just want to feel heard and, um, process through things with them. Sometimes that is requires a lot of time and patience. Um, but I also think it's very important as a leader to be able to make sure your team like that you are pouring into like feels that safe trust and has that foundation of trust because creativity also requires trust. You can't feel free to create if you're not feeling like you're in a safe space to do that. Right. Um, so I would say that. And then I, the ver- right when you're asking that question, the thing that came into my mind is from Ecclesiastes, like there's nothing new under the sun. I'm pretty sure that's Ecclesiastes. It is. So even though we think that we are creating something like absolutely mind-blowing, creative, whatever, like <laughs> chances are it's probably already been created or written about or thought about in some other way, form, or capacity it's just, we get to put our spin on it. Right. And, and I think it all always goes back to, well, who's the creator? Who's the ultimate creator? Like keep our minds set in that space. Like, where are we pointing? What are we doing this for in the first place? You know, are we clinging to make our own names known or are we wanting to do this to glorify the Lord together and honor him with, with those things. So that's what I would say to that. Motivation is key. For sure, for real. Yeah, question five now. Yep. This is this is how we'll end today. Is if you because you have the gift of encouragement, Mm -hmm. no doubt. And I want to tap into that. And I think it even could be prophetic for the person listening is Mm -hmm. to to don't miss this part. Uh don't just check out, but but lean into this. But if Lindsay, if you could tell a group of college pastors, young adult ministry leaders one thing today, maybe to encourage them, inspire Mm -hmm. them, exhort them, lift them up. What would you leave them with today? Hmm. Wow. I would say, oh, God is with you. Don't give up in doing the hard work because 
he's with you. He wants to, God wants to be your source. He is with you. He sees you. There are so many times in the work that we're doing, we feel invisible. You mentioned this earlier that we feel there's a lot of behind this. There's only, it's like an iceberg, right? Only a tiny bit of, especially ministry work, it seems is actually visible to the public. Mm -hmm. Don't neglect in laying the groundwork and foundation of prayer. Don't neglect that. That is so key, but know that God is with you. He sees all the hard work that you're doing. So don't give up. And on the other side, if somebody is listening and, and you're like, oh, I don't know, is this a call from God? Am I supposed to step out and do this? Or is this just my own desire? I'll say this. Don't just sit where you're at. Take a step. We don't know if you're, if you're honestly seeking God and you are, your heart is there and you want to glorify with him. Your God is not waiting for you to step out and smack you back down. Cause you made a mistake. Let me tell you right now, shake that off, shake that fear off take a step forward and whatever that is and trust alongside in prayer and, um, just trust and believe that God is so good. He is so kind. He is chasing you down with goodness and mercy. And he just has blessings for your life for just wanting to honor him and serve you just for who you are, because you are his child. So take a step, don't live in fear and God's got you. That's so good. Lindsay, thank you so much for pouring that into our listeners today. Take some time to reflect on what Lindsay just said and who God says you are in what she shared. And Lindsay, this is a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you want to find out more about Lindsay May and Truly Co., when you connect with us, you can do that on our website at youngadults.today, as well as our social media across all platforms. It's at youngadults.today. Until next time, this is Josiah and Micah and Lindsay May signing off. And here's a fun thing is that there's a new episode of Truly, um, not episode, sorry, um, issue, a new issue. And so for the guys listening, for the women in your life, this is a great gift for them. It can be a mom, girlfriend, wife, sister, anybody. And if you're a gal listening, like jump on this, take advantage of it. So Lindsay, where can they pick it up? Awesome. Uh, You can order directly from our website. We are thetrulyco.com. Thank you so much. You guys, this has just been such a blessing. And we love we also love to stay in touch on social media. Same handle, the truly co uh, on Instagram. And it's just so fun to partner like this. Thank you guys. Oh, thank you, Lindsay, for your time. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.